in a restless world like this is love is ended before it's begun today i wanted to give you a little bit of nat king cole for a little intro into the next episode because sometimes we need to bring the old school back and figure out what we like i created the me movement on the mic to help people realize that your life is so special and that you need to address all aspects of your life to become the ultimate version of yourself. I'm on a mission to provide you with tools to help you build a habit that sticks with you forever so you don't have to worry about starting your fitness regime every six weeks and falling off again. I understand that life isn't just about training, going to the gym, or having the best body in town, but also about great movement patterns, mindset, health, and community. Join me, Sally, as I help you filter through all the health and fitness stereotypes to help you embrace yourself while still enjoying a gelato or two. Come with me while we break the cycle of non-constructive behaviors through movement, mindset, and health. Let's get this episode started. Hi, my name is Sally from Me Movement on the Mic. I've got a special guest here today and it's Rod Murray. I hope I said your surname right, Rod. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Only five letters. Uh, only five letters. That's right. Ends in a vowel. Tells you where my background might be. Uh-huh. Well, you've got quite, um, you know, a background. I'm reading your Twitter here. Information. Host of State of the Game, The Thing About Golf, and Good Good Golf Podcast. Founder and lone participant in Retro <laughs> Wednesdays at Mangrove Mountain Golf Club. Look, there's a lot of golf in there. Uh, golf is my thing, Sal. It's been... Both my professional and personal life for probably the best part of 30 to 35 years. It's consumed all of my thoughts almost all day, every day. It's, yeah. my, it's my thing, yeah. It's I your thing. It. You're probably the second person that I've spoken to, no, third in my life, that loves golf. There's two types of people in the world, Sal. Yes. Golfers and there are non-golfers. Uh-huh. This is going to sound crazy. Quite a few people who play golf – are non-golfers. They don't get it the way I do and a lot of the people that I hang around with. Mm-hmm. It's not all consuming for them. It's just something they do. Ironically, quite a few people in the world, and I suspect deep down you might be one. We haven't talked about this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who've never touched a golf club are actually golfers. They just don't know it yet. Golf is an extraordinarily broad – it's completely unique. It's not a – we put it in the sports pages, in the newspapers, and at the end of the news, it's not a sport. It's a game. It's a cerebral pursuit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds so. sounds a bit complicated, and already I think I feel some tension in my head when you mentioned cerebral. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. You're a thinker. You're a thinker. You like to think about things. It's not that all. It's not that different to what you do. Fitness. I imagine it's been a big part of your life for a mm-hmm. very long time. Gyms and fitness and exercise. Mm-hmm. You're passionate about it. I've heard you talk about it. You want to share that with others. Mm-hmm. Like others to have the same joy in fitness and health and exercise that you have. It's frustrating that not everybody listens. Yes. <laughs> they don't understand. I they get don't. it. They take it too hard. Golf can be a bit like that. We have to be careful, us golf nuts, not to be too evangelical. 
<laughs> because you can put uh, off. I guess I guess it's um on all accounts as well. If you're a gym goer, you know, you're lifting lots of weights and then or heavy weights and then you you get in into this world of just gym life and then you can't understand why people don't. Yeah. And I guess golf could be <laughs> I'm just choking on that, see, because I mentioned golf a few times. I guess golf can be the same thing. Like, you know, if you haven't walked the path, you're not going to know, right? Golf also has an image problem. Oh. Most people in the world think that golf is for rich, overweight, middle-aged white men. Now, there's no shortage of rich, overweight, middle-aged white, middle-aged white men who play golf. Mm-hmm. Probably particularly in America, but here as well. And golf courses are always fenced off. They're exclusionary. Yep. The other things that I don't like about the game, the truth of golf is that it actually is for everybody and it's it's stunning the number of people who do play the game who are not from anything like middle class or wealthy backgrounds. My club, Mangrove Mountain, that you mentioned, I'm not a member there anymore, unfortunately, yep. between Sydney and Gosford, a very humble club. The members there are farmers, mechanics, panel beaters, carpenters, builders. There's not a stockbroker, dentist... <laughs> Mm. A doctor among them, mm. and they love their golf. Mm. And, they, and I to- like that. Sorry that you said they love it, because how long would you say uh, someone who loves golf or even just starts will stick to golf? What's the lifespan of it? Oh well, you can. There are people, and I know some people who started at the age of five and still play at the age of ninety-five. Wow! And have hardly missed a week. Wow. It really is a lifelong pursuit, more so than any – you won't be able to do much even light gym work, I imagine, into your 90s. There's going to come a time where it's probably beyond you. You mm-hmm. might be a special case. You're super fit. <laughs> Not uncommon. Most most golf clubs will have at least one golfer well into their 80s, if not one or two in their 80s and 90s, who still play every week. 80s and 90s playing golf. Why do you think that? Uh, walking is a fabulous – exercise, as you well know. Not enough golfers walk. Uh, the golf buggy is one of the great blights on the game. Mm. The game would be better if people didn't take golf carts, particularly young people. Um, there was a time when golf was an exclusively walking sport. I have a friend who's a professional, Mike Clayton, has been a touring professional his whole life. He's made his whole living out of playing golf, and he now designs golf courses and and does some riding. And at 63, he says he still feels 30. And I wow. can tell that is, is because there's almost not a day goes past that he doesn't go and play golf, at yep. least 18 holes. Mm. And that's six, seven, eight kilometres. Wow. With a bit of weight on your back and the constant movement. You know how important yep. to do it Up and down. Well, and the swing. As well, and the swing, the rotation. Yeah. So yeah. how do we take that passion, that um, consistency, and and turn it into an ongoing thing for people and turn it into fitness? How do we take that passion from golf? Like there's so much passion in that whole paragraph. You know, yet when we mention exercise, the word exercise, I can see everybody just, you know, within a 5K radius run away. Doesn't exercise have an image problem just like golf? Absolutely. And what's exercise doing about it? Golf's not doing much about it. Most of those golf podcasts that you mentioned that I host, they're at the top of the list of things we talk about is what golfers need to do to improve the image of golf. Golf may, ironically, public golf, golf that's accessible to you and I and anybody, Moore Park here in Sydney, all those little municipal suburban golf courses people will be familiar with, they probably walk past their whole life in the suburb they grew up in. 
there's a real risk that they will disappear from the landscape. And all that will be left is the big, fancy, ritzy, expensive golf clubs. Mm. And the game really will be only for the rich. Mm. And I remember riding past big parks. I'm like, oh, what's that? That's a golf course. There's so many. And you felt like it has its own language. You go to try it as a novice. You think, oh, that looks interesting. And you go to try it. People yell at you because you're playing out of turn and you're in the way and you're slow. Yes. Golf's biggest barrier, ironically, is golfers. Really? It might be that in fitness and health, the biggest barriers might be the people who are the ads for it. When people think golf, they think Greg Norman, Tiger Woods, Kari Webb, Jets, huge sums of money, uh, swanning around in, you know, perfect clothing, getting paid millions of dollars by yeah. Nike. That's not what golf is for most people. In fact, mm. that's the least interesting part of golf. Mm. That's golf as a spectator sport. When you think about golf as a – this probably – fitness probably shares some things with golf. One of them being – the difference being there's not a huge spectator fitness thing, is there? There's, you don't see it on the TV each week. You do with golf. Mm, only when it's co- uh, competition, I guess. Olympics, we're going to see it at the Olympics yep. every few years. Is probably yep. when it really shines. Mm-hmm. Golf you see quite often on TV. Four times a year you have mm-hmm. the money. Australia does well. Somebody you'll see it on the TV and that's what people think golf is. It's not even 0.01% of golf. It's the least interesting part of golf. And I would imagine for you the Olympics is interesting, but on a day-to-day basis it's the least interesting thing about fitness or bodybuilding or strength training. There's much more to be had personally, to be gained personally and personal growth from, I don't know, the, 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 what it lights in the brain, what it makes you think about. Okay, so that's like the feeling as well. Yes. The feeling. Um, I did, uh, just before we recorded, you mentioned that you, sp- you listened to my previous podcast about uh, seniors and I was talking about an exercise. I was talking about my mom and um, in the post I had posted it um, on a few channels and I mentioned like, when I took my mum to the gym, oh, my God, I've never heard someone complain so much, so much. And it's not the fact that she doesn't like exercise. She hated exercising in the gym with me, okay? But pre-COVID, she would go and um, take two buses to go to, the, to a random park somewhere with her friends to exercise. Yeah. And what does that tell me? It either tells me I'm terrible or exercise has to be interesting and fun. It's the packaging. Yeah. It's the packaging. Exercise has got a bad name the same way golf's got a bad name. People yep. can go, oh, it's not fun. Yeah. But not true. Well, you know that exercising's fun because yeah. you enjoy it. I know that golf's fun. Yep. I enjoy it. I know thousands of other people who do as well. Mm. Those who don't get it, they don't understand that. It's easy to find loads of other people to tell them, no, golf isn't fun and exercising isn't fun. How do you overcome that? Not sure, Sal. You're doing your bit partly with yeah. the podcast. These sorts of things are important. My other passion in life is podcasting. I'm a journal by trade, so I'm interested in the media broadly, but podcasting is a, a real passion of mine. I think it's an extraordinarily interesting medium. Here you are making your own little podcast. Yay. Want to listen to it. I feel like I love to have different types of people on the podcast to talk about their experiences because when I say to my clients, oh, I don't feel like training today or I'm having, you know, a burger or a drink, they don't believe me. (laughs) I'm like, I have very down days, you know, and during COVID, it's not fabulous, right? And I'm trying to be real with that. So I would say to you, Rod, 
How, where did your fitness journey begin and why has it come to this point with a lot of people where it's like you say fitness or exercise straight away, it's like it's not me or you just shudder, shudder. Uh, I, I think the labeling <laughs> is like Mufasa. <laughs> we build, well, walking is the best exercise, is it not? Aside walking the is the bomb. People underestimate the power that walking does, not only for physical but mental, like, Go for a walk, get out there, and you just like automatically your shoulders drop. You know, Especially lockdown. The walk is crucial, isn't it? The ability to get yes. up and go for a walk. I think if we were focused less on exercise, more on just encouraging people to move and walk. I'm not I'm not ADD or anything, but I find it difficult to sit for long periods. So whilst I don't go to the gym and exercise, and there's lots of I could do much better than what I do in terms of fitness. Mm. I get up and walk around a lot, even if it's just to walk up and down the hall. Sometimes you've seen me. I get my putter in my yeah. office, put the ball up to the other office, and I turn around and put it back. No, it's not a. I'm not doing a marathon. It's not a walk, but I'm up and moving. Mm. Notice I don't play as much golf as I used to, and haven't done for quite a while because of work. I've certainly lost a lot of flexibility that comes with constantly swinging a golf club. Mm-hmm. If we can build into people's lives, and it's, in some ways, you'll need to show them that the walk. Don't call it exercise. Call it catch up with friends, call it something different, and then it's not about the walk. Don't go walking on your own. Walk with somebody else. When you walk and talk, you don't notice how far you've walked. That's so I true. That experience, haven't you? You go yeah. for somebody you're chatting away, and before you know it, you got to catch a bus home. You've walked yep. so far. I've, I've <laughs> done that in, in Vietnam. Probably uh, not a good idea. but Fresh. Do you, I'm a sticky beak. I love to sticky beak. And years ago when we lived in Crow's Nest, me and my other half, she's a terrible sticky beak as well. Mm. We would walk. We get a backpack, two bottles of water, a couple of apples, maybe a couple of mandarins, and we would just start walking around Crow's Nest, sticky beaking over people's fences, looking at their gardens and their houses and their renovations. And we'd go for hours and hours and hours and hours. I never thought about it as walking. I thought yep. about it as sticky beaking. Yep. I'll buy sticky beaking any day. Try and sell me an exercise routine. No, I'm not never. Buying that. I don't want to buy it. But I'll go for a sticky beak with you for mm. sure. So if I said, hey, we're organizing a group, uh, we're going for a walk, we're heading to a park, we're doing a bit of movement there, then at the end we wrap up and have a coffee. Is that exercise to you? No. This guy's sneaky. Look, I know know you're trying to trick me into this journey to the park, but if you said to me, uh, there's a group of us who are sticky beaks (laughs) – and we're thinking about going around the inner west of Sydney where some of the oldest houses are in Sydney. It's, you know, you've mm. got rocks in the city and the inner west where you've got some of those magnificent terraces. We're just going to go for a wander around there and sticky beak at houses. Do you want to come? Well, I'm all in. I'm all in. <laughs> and and, and it and it's, sounds like it's to do with, you know, um, that camaraderie as well or walking. You said walk with someone. Anyone it's, who's listening, go for a walk. Get a walking buddy. So one of the hardest things in the world is to change our own minds. The only thing that might be harder than changing your own mind about anything is to change somebody else's. Uh, You really, if somebody's got it in their mind, it doesn't matter what you do with exercise, you can't sell them. You've got to sell them something different. It's the same way parents will know this, getting children to eat vegetables. You don't ever tell children that they're eating vegetables. They're a steam train, they're um, lollies, they're, they're anything. But they're, they're anything never, but vegetables. Vegetables got a bad name. 
Kids will eat vegetables if you call them something else until they get a No, that you're tricking them, and then they stop eating them again. But it's the same thing with adults. We don't yeah. change much in that way over time. So uh, I, I, I'm not surprised you find it difficult and frustrating to hear what you hear from people about exercise because mm. that resonates with me, the things I hear people say about golf, which are just wrong. Yeah. But you can't convince them otherwise. No, because people have already made that decision in their no, head. You know? exactly right. So why should I exercise then, so? I mean, I know everything. Why should I know? I know all of the answers that I've been reading in the paper for thirty years and magazines about why I should exercise. But why should I really? That hasn't had any effect. Mm. It's kind of like smoking. We yeah. know the signs. Well, they've got the beautiful packaging here. Um, well, we've seen they, it. Remember, they started the packaging with words. Mm, I don't remember words that. on words. the packaging. It says mm. smoking gives you cancer. Oh, uh, yes. Smoking gives can, can lead to cancer. Yes. The words didn't work at all. Mm. That's mm. when they changed to the horrific photos. I'm Nothing. not sure about how well they've worked either. No. My instinct is that those pictures could stop somebody from taking up smoking. Mm -hmm. But if you're already a smoker, and mm -hmm. you'll hate to hear this, Al, I've been a smoker. I was a 60-a-day man for the best wow. part of five years. Uh, those pictures won't stop you. Something so what stopped? Happened. So this is like exercise. Why start and why stop? Uh, partly. So I wanted to stop. Okay. There it is. That's you right. wanted. Once you want, things are easy. I, I don't have any trouble not taking heroin. Mm -hmm. I don't want it. Okay. Heroin addicts and former heroin addicts struggle daily mm. with that battle because they want that heroin. Nicotine's not that much different. In fact, there's some people who tell you it's more addictive than heroin. Mm -hmm. You have to stop wanting it. That's the only way to stop mm -hmm. being addicted to it. I read a book. I've given it up three times. The first two times was sort of cold turkey. I didn't want to smoke anymore. Mm. I fell back after three years each time. Mm -hmm. This last time has probably been about five or six years, and I can't imagine I'll go back to it now. I read a book that a lot of people have read called How to, Alan Carr's How to Stop Smoking. Yeah. And at no stage does the book say to you, you should stop smoking. Mm. It just explains to you very sensibly and quite in a very straightforward way what it is that you're actually doing. Not that you're killing yourself, but that you're being controlled by a substance, substance and that the control that it has is nowhere near as strong as you think it is. So the truth is, and it's a wonderful experiment that you can do if you're a smoker, when you get the urge to have a cigarette, don't have it. And really sit and be in the moment of what that strong desire to have a cigarette feels like. And in reality, it's gone in about 10 or 15 seconds. Mm. And before you know it, you can do that five times a day. Well, you can do it 20, you can do it 50. And before long, the gaps get longer and longer until you don't really do Now, there are still times occasionally when I feel like a cigarette. Mm. Much of the smoking thing is about the theatre. Mm -hmm. You're with your mates, you're having beers at the pub. Yeah. That's a great smoking environment. You can look cool and have a smoke. Uh, but once you've stopped, once you don't want to anymore, you don't. I'm sure you never have a desire to smoke, do you? I've never smoked, no. And you never think I never liked it. I just would smell like we have this thing. Um, Middle Eastern people have this thing called uh, the argile or the shisha, whatever you want to call it, and that smells great. It's probably the worst apple, thing. Apple and cherry. And that's the worst, but that's yeah, a cultural yeah. thing. You had it. You're not supposed to have it as a young age, but you, you know you, you you've smelt it, and it's a cultural thing. And I don't know. I, I don't think we. I thought it was a cigarette because it's just like, hey, it's you have it when you have a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> it burns so weird. Yeah. But then that's not – I'm not addicted to that and I'll, I, that's just not my thing. Back to the how can you have – how can you encourage people to exercise? Yeah. 
particularly want to. It's the same as the smoking. They've got to want to. So yep. you've got to package it as something that they want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, it's almost like, you know, if you are if you don't have that much energy and you have kids, you want more energy. This is how you can help yourself. How about starting with drinking a bit more water or being conscious or have a, have a salad, have yeah. a salad, have a fruit. Heavy food, we eat so much heavy food. You know, or have a fruit. Like there's so much stigma. Like well, I had one client once and she had three kids, really busy, and she had to go get she had to go get iron infusion. And the way back she was starving, so she just stopped at Macca's, which is all right. Look, you know, we do that. You can have you options. Do Macca's. I've seen I you. do, I do. I definitely do. Um you can you can have an altered menu on in the Macca's when you go Macca's, but I'm like, you know that 7-Eleven or any kind of um, shop has like, you know, good sandwiches, chicken or even uh, fruit. Keep an apple or something with you. Keep some nuts with you. You're that busy. That way you don't have to stop and you just keep going home. It's habits, isn't it? It's definitely a habit. It's a habit. It's definitely. So if they had breakfast, there's a high chance that they're not going to go and their blood sugar is going to drop and they're going to go for the most high-calorie dense food because – the body doesn't care that you're trying to lose weight. It's hungry. Yeah. No, that's right. The body doesn't crave things that are bad for it generally. It's the mind that tells you what's nice. It tastes good. Yeah, that's right. They that's the it. thing. So how are we going to move? How are you going to move forward with this, Rod? How are you going to move forward with your movement? I know you said you walk. I know, right. yeah. I know you said you, you, you like to do your, your walks, you move around, but we want to pick up the intensity. Why is intensity important? Because you get a little it, – it's like when I first started my podcast and through your help, thank you very much, um, it was okay, it was all right. But then I added a little bit of like the shine, which is the intensity. It's the nice microphone, you know, yep. that sound. Best thing you ever did by that microphone. Yeah, it's just that that's the intensity, you know, and the little edits and all that stuff. That's what we want to get. I know you can walk. I know you can move. We want to pick it up a little bit more. We want to refine it. Gee, so I don't know. You're asking me. See, I'm not. Refining. I don't have within me the desire to do it. Oh, it there we go. Planted from outside? Yeah. I'm not thinking to myself, oh, I'd like to. If I woke up one day and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not moving as well as I used to. I'm not as flexible as I used to. Yeah. I'm not happy about that. I'd like to change it. I don't think it would be difficult. But my mind isn't thinking that at the moment. Yeah. So I'm not sure what might what might change that. And they've got to be I certainly I'm not a gym person. I can't mm. imagine myself ever going to <laughs> it's uh, it's like Bondi. I don't ever go to Bondi. Yep. There's something about the whole vibe that's like you just don't f- gym's actually a bit like golf, very exclusionary, I mm. think. Mm. It's very you know, you're not the right sort of person for the gym. Oh, I feel that. Maybe that's my fault. Maybe Yeah. So there's no point in going somewhere that you're not gonna enjoy. No, so people that want to start a gym membership because they feel like that's the thing to do, don't do it. No, you're kidding yourself. You know, if you don't, if you don't go, like it, no, that's right. Oh. Paying to go, paying the gym and thinking that's going to encourage you to go because you've paid for it. How many gyms are making millions of dollars a year out of the people who never come in? Ridiculous amounts, even yeah. now. <laughs> How many times you worked in a gym, didn't you? Every, yep, all the time. Don't care. Uh, January. From January to February, thousands of people go up. They don't sign up for the gym for a whole year and they don't go back to the gym until the next January when they go and pay for their their membership for the next year. Yeah. And I used to tell them, I used to say, look, invest 
yeah, obviously it's going to help me, but it's going to help you. All the knowledge that I have, I'm going to give it to you at a at a you know a reasonable, very cheap price compared to all my education. And then you can go to any gym around the world and use that. But if you don't know what you're doing, chances are you're not going to like. I'm guaranteed now that in a month's time I won't see you, and you'll be paying for the gym membership. Yeah. And every time it happens. it happens. And every time I go to Coles and see someone <laughs> who signed up at the gym, yeah. they used to just put their hand their hand in their face and turn the other way because that was a constant reminder. Sorry, guys. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Sally didn't mean to shame you. She only wants the best for that's you. That's it. Like a mum, aren't you? You just want the best for people. Well, you that's want it. To you, this is what parenthood's like. Kids never do what you want them to do. No, no. Kids, all my mates have got kids and none of them do anything that my mates want them to do. So, And we've learned that. Something interesting you said there, Sal, about, uh, well, A, you being too cheap, and I believe that's true. And we might talk about that. That's completely separate to fitness and all other things. But it's interesting because we're both in our own business. Mm-hmm. Some real pitfalls that I think both of us probably fall for in that way. But you said something about all of your knowledge and what you can do to get people on the right path. There's something that makes sense to me, again, because of golf. If you came to me next week and said, look, I'll tell you what, I've decided I do want to have a go at golf. Mm-hmm. And you teach me. Do you know what I would say to you? No, yeah. I can't because mm-hmm. I don't know how to play golf myself. You should go and see a professional. Oh. A professional knows how to teach golf. Yes. I teach you how to play golf. You'll play golf like me. Yep. Trust me, Sal, you don't want that. Yep. Nobody wants that. Mm. That's not a lifetime of happiness in mm. golf. If you get, if you start right with some help from a professional, you'll be on the right track from the beginning. Now, it doesn't mean you'll become a professional, but you'll avoid some of the very basic mistakes most of us make when we take up the game, particularly mm. us folks, and pig-headedly refuse to go and see a professional for some help, then you develop bad habits. And bad habits are almost impossible to overcome in the long run. The golf swing is like a fingerprint. Golf. Everybody's golf swing is different. Ah, I love that. It's different, and it's very hard to change your fingerprint. And, and a, lot of, a lot of very good pros have gone broke trying. Really? Yeah. So I know we mentioned before that you love to cook. Love to cook would be strong. I can yep. sustain life, Sal. You can. <laughs> That's what right. is your go-to? What is your go-to meal that is quick, easy? Okay, it's and one um, considerable. I, I try not to have too often, but because I have yes. an Italian background, I love pasta. Yes, uh, I try not to eat it too often, particularly at night time, because it is quite heavy, obviously. And it's uh, the older I get, <laughs> the harder it gets to to pass on the next day. Uh, but I love to cook a very basic pasta, a couple of tins of tomatoes. About the only red meat I eat, I slice up some bacon, uh, one slice of one rasher of bacon, perhaps. Nice onion, mushroom, chili flakes. Some mm-hmm. of your chili flakes now. Yay! Uh, and just let that sort of simmer for maybe an hour or two. Give it a bit of a stir. You can you can simmer it for as long as you like. You can add some water and simmer it down. The longer you cook it, the thicker and the nicer it gets, and the more deep the red is. And then you have that on pasta with, let's be honest, more cheese than you should because. Ah, oh, Jesus, good. I get it. Delicious. So, that pasta, pour a mountain of cheese on it. What the hell? That's it. It tastes good. It's like bread. It tastes good with anything, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I do like curries. I like Asian foods. I like Indian food. Indian's probably a bit heavier. I really like Thai laksa. Um, some of the lighter curries. Yeah. The light noodles, I find the 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 rice noodles. Rice noodles. 
I, I like that compared to rice itself. I do love rice, but like yeah. the, it's very heavy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sits yeah. in you and it's very carb heavy, obviously. Yeah, it gets a little bit heavy. Yeah. Um, so what would you tell our listeners or anyone who's listening now who – probably resonates with you in terms of, you know, not, I don't really like fitness, but hey, I actually played, you know, I used to play tennis or I used to play golf and I never considered that as movement. Golf is a good one. I, I, and I, I, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Golf is one of the few things that will motivate somebody who's otherwise not interested in their own health and fitness because they think it might help them play better. And you've only got to look at the Modern professionals, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, mm-hmm. Michael Woods, even Greg Norman, who into his 60s is extraordinarily fit and strong. Yes. There's a real athletic component to the modern golf mm. game at that level. Mm-hmm. And that's filtering through. I had I played with a, quite a few guys up at Mangrove who were into their 60s who started to do Pilates. Wow. To help their golf. No to other help reason. With- with their abdominal, so, with the rotation, with the generating balance. force. That's right. And balance. Balance. Back pain. Yeah, back pain. That's exactly right. Prevention. That's exactly right. And so Pre-hab. to help their golf game, they would go and do mm. some exercise. And in fact, amongst younger keen golfers, it's absolutely not uncommon. There are an awful lot of golf-specific gyms and programs around the place, yeah. which is an area I think you could probably think about. Um, getting into because the muscles that you use for golf yes. and the movement itself is extraordinarily complex. I mean, at mm. the top, if you watch some of the top golfers, the rotation, the strength required to support that without injuring yourself through the core uh, is it's off the Hip, chart. In the hips, yeah, it's Hip. it's crazy the amount of power that you can power leaks out. Yes, that's if, exactly right. If you're unable to kind of Contain right. it. So it's a series. It's a sequence of movements. From, it is. There's mobile and stable joints. Mm. So the ankle is mobile. The knee is stable. The hip is mobile. The shoulder is mobile. So there's a there's a sequence of movements that need to happen to get the most efficient delivery of the golf club mm. onto the golf ball. So you're saying and that you know playing a sport could be a form of exercise. It, well, there's no doubt golf is – if you walk golf, golf is a is a fabulous exercise. It's anywhere between six and eight kilometres of walking, either pushing a set of golf clubs on mm. a boat or pulling if you're silly and you want to damage your shoulder or carrying them on your back. Uh, so there's that. And that is – I mean, every day that would be fantastic. Most people play once, some people twice a week. So it's not enough, but it's a good start, a good six or seven kilometre walk. Mm-hmm. It's sociable. Which is important. So good. Mental health is part of health. A lot of those guys up at Grove Mountain, golf golf was the men's shed long before we had the men's shed. Guys Mm. would discover golf later in life because that's what they, you know, old people play golf, not young people. I'll wait till I'm old. And guys Mm -hmm. would get later into life, they'd take up golf and they'd find that once they retired, which is a very dangerous time, my own father, he, he almost actively started the dying process the day he finished work because that had been his whole life. Mm. When he didn't have work anymore, he was lost. Yeah. Completely. He had nothing in his life, he thought. Yeah. Um, and he sort of just drifted away from there till he eventually passed away. Well, for a lot of guys, golf will fill that hole. As we see the men's shed does for a lot of guys who carpenters all their lives, they discover the men's shed. They go there every day. So they might as well be work. Yeah, <laughs> they do yeah, what they've yeah. always done. They make things with wood. Golf can be like that. It can be all-encompassing. You can, you, unlike almost any other sport, you can be 
completely immersed in it. It's also different golf to most other sports because it's not predominantly a spectator sport. Mm. A lot of the people I played golf with at Mangrove Mountain, they'd be able to pick Tiger Woods out of a crowd. Mm. If you went down to the 20th ranked golfer in the world, they wouldn't recognize them yep. because they didn't watch a lot of golf. No. Golf is a participation activity. You mm. play golf. A lot of people watch tennis, have never touched a racket. Yep. A lot of people watch football, haven't touched a football since they were a kid. Mm. Golf, very rare to not be a golfer and to watch golf. In fact, that would be a bit odd and you're not really a sort of person I'd like to hang out with if you don't play golf and I find you watching golf every week. That'd be a bit, that'd be a bit weird. That would be. But yeah. it sounds like from what you're telling me is like you have to have a purpose because that's going to – that's going to help you not just, you know, if you retire or but in, in, in everyday life. Like you have to do things with with a purpose. Otherwise, you're just kind of walking around. and. There's got to be a reason, doesn't there, Sal? Sorry? There's got to be a reason to do yeah. everything. We've been doing the podcast now for, what, a few months? Yes. yes. I see a lot of people come in here, they start a podcast, and they're all excited. They're full of energy mm. and enthusiasm and vigor. The statistics say it's around about seven episodes or so. Wow. A lot of people they drift away. Really? From, yeah, because it's past that, that. Past it. Woo! <laughs> You're well and truly. Yeah. And how have you done that? Because you enjoy doing it. It's a good reason. You I like, like hearing my own voice. I like to hear your voice too. You sing beautifully. <laughs> uh, so that's that. You can understand that. You you, you like to do it. So yes, you, yes, that's that's it. That's th- gold. What are the things you don't like to do that you know you should? What do I don't like to do? Ah, oh, I kind of do, but I don't. I like. Washing the car, but I don't. Ah, that's not a thing. No? No, the what Lord never had cars in mind and washing them. Cars are to drive, <laughs> not to wash. Okay. What do I, do? I don't cars. think there's – I can't think – honestly, I can't think of anything that I just don't like doing. Maybe – oh, maybe ironing. Do you study? You I read. St- are you good at studying, though? Like, for example, oh. you like to study? Oh, actually – I think I used to. F- I had the, a few the the best sleeps. Actually, I've got a book here. It's exercise physiology, fourth edition, right here on me. And I've had the best sleeps trying to study in this. <laughs> Face <laughs> planted. My mum used to walk in and she's like, "What? The, what's happening? You've got gluteus maximus written on your, your on your on your cheek. That's uh, that's butt basically. That's your glute. But you yeah. know, there must be some things that you know you should do. Maybe you don't go to the doctor often. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You can understand when it's something else that you know, I don't really like to do that. So yeah. I don't. I don't. Yes. Maybe it's the dentist. A lot of people, it's the dentist. And they don't oh, like yeah. I, still, I do go to the dentist, but I, I never but, liked them. No, that's right. So you can understand. Yeah, I get that. it. If there was some other, if it's packaged as something else, maybe you've got to hope. The other thing, Sal, we can't save the world. Oh. I hate to disappoint you. Yeah. And it can really be quite depressing when you realize, particularly for somebody like you who's so full of energy. And the desire to want to help other people and make their lives better, you can lead the horse to water. You've heard that, haven't you? Oh man, you that's can't make been my my you, life. You can take that horse's head and you can shove it under the water, and it'll drown before it takes a sip. Yep, so that's yep. how. So there has to be a passion. There has to be a reason why you do things. And you know what? You have to. Um, some people don't want to change. No, that's right. Some people can't. And that's happy. okay, but yeah. that's on them, not you. It is okay. That's right. And look, it's okay. say that you're happier than them or that yeah. I'm happier than them. Maybe I'm not. Maybe yep. they're perfectly happy with that and I don't know. Then you can only do what you sort of want to do. 
That's mm. what you can do. You can, you're only in charge of you. You're not the boss of anybody else in this life, even if you're a parent. You think you are. Yeah. So they get to a certain age and then you find out, yeah, you're not. <laughs> you're not the boss. You got to let it go, let go, and let God. I love that saying. Yeah. Now you know? tell me, Cal, we've already touched on something that you know yes. you should do that you're not doing. You what was that? For your services. Um, what was that? You should charge more for your services. I should charge more? Mm-hmm. That's another episode. Dun, 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 dun. You know it, don't you? Deep down. And I wonder. Oh, yes. We both do ourselves a disservice here. And it's mm. because it's terrifying to think that if I charged more, I might have less work. I might have no work. And yep. that's terrifying. That terrifies me. I've got a place here I rent. Mm. I have to have money coming because I've got to pay the rent. Mm. So I don't charge enough. Yep. But in truth, the message we send to all of our customers is, what's the message we send when we don't charge enough? We're not worth it. We're not worth much. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you this, Sal. Deep down, do you think you're worth it? And I've asked myself this same question. And I didn't like the answer. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I feel it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. You know, I've put out some really good information, content, and, you know, I get feedback off clients saying, I've been going to physios a good half of like my life. And then you showed me this exercise in my physio this year. It's like, where have you been? Like, that means I've helped save them so much money by giving them something to go away and do an exercise, just a small movement. You know, or an awareness. And that is gold. That you can't repay. No. So the money is not as Im- – it's probably not important enough to people like us. I don't think we're that unusual, actually. I think there's mm. probably more of us than we realise. The money is not enough of a motivation. Now, if I said to you, if you made four times as much money, you could help eight times as many people. That's great. Don't you? That's great. I love that. Hmm. That, that changes. That is that that will that's true. Yeah. That might be true, mightn't it? If you yep. had four times as much money, yep. without putting four times as much time in, yep. you'd have a whole bunch of time that you didn't need to devote to making money that you could use to help other people. That's a great note. Is that is should that be um the title of the podcast today? <laughs> Maybe. Because it's <laughs> greed is we all have it. Let's not mm. pretend we all have it to some extent. But it's such an ugly thing in people, I think. Mm. And when it's out of control, it's a it's a dangerous, dangerous thing. Mm. In fact, it's quite sad because people who really got the greed bug badly can never be satisfied. Mm. So we talked. We mentioned Tiger Woods earlier. Yeah, you know, yeah. Tiger Woods is the most amazing human in history. Well, of course, he's never enjoyed any of that success mm. because he's always expected it of himself. Yeah. So where so, do you draw the line? That's a great question. I don't know, and maybe there's not an answer. Maybe yeah. there's only your answer. No. And your answer is different to my answer, and my answer is different to somebody else's answer. But this is what living is. Living isn't the well, – living's partly the exercise and the golf and those other things, but living really is – the examination of what it is that we're doing. There's a fantastic old saying that is a life unexamined is a life not worth living. If you're not thinking about who you are, what you are, what is the purpose, then really what's the point? Yeah. You're not considering it. Mm. You're not, if you're not actively living. You could be born rich and just be passive your whole life. Mm-hmm. 
Or that money will take care of you for all of the worldly things you need. The food, you don't need to do anything. Water. You don't need to do anything. You've got the three needs covered, food, water, and shelter. This is the other yeah. thing we always forget. There are three needs, Sal, food, water, and shelter. That's it. I don't see any exercise in there. You might make, <laughs> you might make the case that you need a smartphone in the morning. <laughs> that might be a fourth need. But they're really the three needs. Now, exercise is a given. If you've got to go looking for your own food, water, and shelter, trust yep. me, you're not sitting on your bum in a chair and it's arriving at the door. That's not mm. how that works. The food. Wait, water, that works now with especially with the lockdown and ordering from Woolies. Till you're running out of money. That's it. Ah. You hunt your own food and go find your own water and your own shelter. Oh yeah. You think back to it. That's what we did for thousands of years. So if you're not thinking about those things and your place in the world and the things that you feel and the things that you want to do and why you want to do them and what you're doing, them, there's kind of not much point to it, is there? We definitely have a bigger purpose. And I wanted to thank you today, Rod, for jumping on. We weren't sure what we were going to talk about. We talked about every single topic, I believe. And I hope anyone who's listening um, get something out of it today maybe you feel like going for a walk or cooking some pasta or you know um get, get getting a friend and maybe maybe going to try golf or getting to the gym don't be afraid um yeah question things and um you definitely have a purpose so thank you rod thank you keep yourself on your toes that's the message so. i love it Thank you for listening to my episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it will be greatly appreciated if you have a spare 60 seconds to put a review on this podcast. It would mean so much, especially to a small business. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. I'll see you soon. Bye.